Hello, people of the world. This is Pixel Artist, and this is the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. I am sad to report that college football's regular season is over, and we are in bowl season. Earlier in the day, I sat down with someone to kind of take a big-scale picture, look at the landscape of college football, talk a little bit about guys to look out for going into bowl season in the NFL drafts, who could fit with what team, interesting prospects to keep an eye on, guys who need to have a good performance at the Senior Bowl to really help their draft stock. This is the longest episode I've recorded yet. I had a fantastic time with PJ Clark of the Boomer Bust podcast and Boomer Bust content where he does a lot of work around college football players prospects does a lot of evaluations crunches a lot of tape to really give us a good look at some of the guys coming out this year who can make an impact at the nfl level but before i get over to the conversation with pk which the pj excuse me not pk did not have pk suban would like to get pk suban pk if you're listening Love to have you. It'd be really fun time, but had a great time with PJ. We went on and on and on because there are just so many things to talk about in the landscape of college football and in relation to the NFL, especially because we're both NFL and college guys. So it, it made for a very good conversation. But before I throw it over there, you got to remind everyone you can find this podcast on Apple's podcast, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. The Amazon podcasting service. I say it every week, but if you want to listen and your preferred platform isn't supported, let me know and I can get the RSS feed up there in 10 minutes or less and you can listen to the entire backlog. We're starting to get into a nice rhythm where we're doing two or three episodes a week. I will see you guys on the other side of the drop with PJ and uh, yeah, it's going to be Bama Clemson again. They need to score pretty quickly with only two timeouts left. Trask going to the end zone. Pitts has got it. Touchdown, Florida. It's not over yet. And with that, I, I have a proof of life statement from PJ Clark. Uh, how are you holding up before we get to college football? We got to do the wellness check because the, the Jets aren't going to get Trevor. Uh, the Jets are not going to get Trevor. No. So uh, the wellness check, I don't know how the stages of grief actually work, but I'm like, so I know there's like seven, right? I'm at like a good five right now. Okay. Like I've, I've come to terms with it. Um, I've started mentally pivoting. Um, with that being said, if Jacksonville does want to beat Chicago next week, I won't be opposed. Um, I started pivoting. I've kind of come to terms. So my, my whole thing and a lot of people on, on Jets Twitter have, have said this the whole time. Um, we, as a fan base, deserve Trevor Lawrence for, for the, the, the thousand years of pain and suffering. Um, the Jets don't deserve Trevor Lawrence. The Johnsons certainly do not deserve Trevor Lawrence. Um, so I'm actually, I'm like sadistically happy that like the organization is dead. Like I just, they deserve that. So that's where I'm at. Like, I'm just, I'm fully pivoting to, 
I've resigned to the fact I tweeted it last night. Like the teams are gonna go seven and nine for the rest of my life and like mix in a couple nine and seven wild cards and that'll keep me happy every fifteen years. Um the, the team is beyond fixable. I've said that the whole time. Trevor is, you know, football messiah, but um he wasn't it's not like we were going, you know, twelve and four next year or twelve and five with seventeen games, whatever it is, thirteen and four, twelve and five. I forgot that's happening. It's not like this was a one-year turnaround. Like, the team sucks either way. We have, like, four NFL players. It's just so, so, like, lack of talent. That's not changing. So, I don't – like, I'm numb. I'm just numb. I, I'm sitting here wearing my Baker Mayfield Rose Bowl jersey because I watched one of my favorite college players just absolutely carve up my favorite NFL team, which has about five NFL-quality players on it. So, I understand your pain. There is not a lot of talent on the Giants or the Jets. I remember earlier in the season – me and a couple of the guys at Gotham put together, like, if you combine the Jets and Giants, yeah, much they would, would still they actually suck. Be? Yeah, they would they still would be still a 5-11 team. Yeah. <laughs> they would still be 5-11. Even if you give them a healthy Saquon, if you put Becton opposite Andrew Thomas. And yeah, had- Becton, Andrew Thomas, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know who the Giants center is. McGovern's, like, not terrible, even though I want to kill him because I blame him entirely for yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Will Hernandez, like, that's good. That's like. A- that's an NFL player. May and Bradbury is like, that's an NFL secondary. It's like, yeah. all right, there's like some guys. Yeah, the real problem is Jones or Darnold aren't good. That, yeah, that's ultimately the problem. I mean, the real problem. It's like, all right, so Shepard and Mims, it's like, all right, two NFL wide receivers. We were like cooking with gas. Chris Herndon remembered how to play football yesterday. I'm Chris Herndon, but you don't have a quarterback. So that's an issue. All right, we, we've got, we've, done our diatribe we've gotten that off our chests it's time for the main focus of this episode which is college football centric because yeah we are both college football guys at heart and we we'll start with the obvious discussion about the playoff because the boomers are mad the boomers are very super mad the boomers are clamoring for the bcs algorithm that's how bad things are yeah so i don't i don't i don't want the bcs back like that's totally i don't want the computer um, I do think there's a lot of problems with our current format, though. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll start with the, the obvious. Alabama, Clemson, no matter what, we're in based on this weekend. Ohio so, State. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah. On. No, I, I mean, it's Alabama, Clemson, and then like 50 feet of crap, everybody else. It's the way yeah. it should be. It's just fine. That's the problem I have with this obsession about, well, who's the fourth team? Aside from that first year, no fourth number four seed has, has no. Had a so that's chance. that's exactly it. So a lot of my friends at school are like, "All right, we need at least like eight, if not 16. I was like, "No, like we don't." And this is the year, case in point, where it's like we don't even need four teams. <laughs> like, like Ohio State, they were terrible on Saturday. Could you make the case that like any given Saturday they can beat? Clemson, they can't beat Bama. But could they beat Clemson? Totally feasible. Like, fine. We don't need a fourth team. Yeah. Like, we just don't. We, 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 and we, we certainly don't need more. Yeah. Because it goes to this point of do we want the four best teams or the four most deserving teams, which is the real problem. Because no, so mo- here, here's the thing. Like, we're, we're our Florida Gators, heavy scare yes. quotes on our Florida Gators. Our Florida Gators are like, I think at worst, the third best team in the country mm. never had a chance to make the playoff. Nope. And like, I genuinely think that's going to be the closest game Alabama plays all year. And it, it should not have been that close. It never felt that close. It didn't feel like a six point game the entire time. 
I think Alabama beats Clemson by more than six. Like I think that is I think Florida is the only team in the country that could do that to Alabama, and Florida was like eighth or whatever they were because they lost three games. I was having this discussion late on Saturday with a few of my friends who are college football fans, but they're not like college football fans in the way that we are. Where my one friend really buys into the whole this is Ohio State we're talking about here. Yeah, they didn't look great, but this is still Ohio State. They're going to come out and they're going to play Clemson well. But I tried explaining to him, yeah, but Ohio State can't score 50 points on a dime against a good Alabama, a decent Alabama defense like Florida could. I was trying to make the case that Florida should, even with three losses, I think Florida is the best chance you have of beating Bama because Clemson isn't scoring you You don't lose to LSU and everything happens the way it happens on Saturday. I still don't know if they get in, but they're like right in the conversation. Like, like you have the A&M problem, which has been the problem all year, but then you only lose to Bama by six. It's the closest game Bama's played in two years. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's, it's because at the end of the day, I hate using at the end of the day. It's a very cliche, whatever, what have you. Alabama is going to have Ian book in hell for three and a half hours in two weeks, three and a half hours of hell. Like, I don't think, I don't think Notre Dame scores more than (laughs) three points. Like, I don't know if they score period. Najee Harris is just going to just keep trotting seven yards a carry, eight yards a carry, six and a half yards a carry. The the book, I hate doing this because I hate the pun here. But the book is now out on Ian Book. I hate Ian Book. I think Ian Book is terrible. He has been terrible for the last four years and now decided this year that he wants to learn how to play football. Venables turned him into a sophomore on Saturday. Yeah. Like, just threw the kitchen sink at him. And I Alabama's going to make it even worse. Yeah. I, we're going to get into, is this the best Alabama team Saban has had? Because – it's an interesting discussion because this isn't the most talented team he's ever had, but it's performed the best by far because they are just running people off of the field. But just to kind of go back to your initial point of that this format isn't working, what is the ideal way we make this better? Where, Because I don't think an 18 playoff accomplishes what everyone thinks it does. No, and I also the, – the thing I love about college football – so I'm from Long Island. Like, college football is not a thing. You're from Jersey. Like, Rutgers exists. College football is not a thing. Yeah. I really got into college football just as a kid, like, watching – I just had guys. Like, Colt McCoy, like, Cam, Kellen Moore. You just said you were watching Kellen Moore. Like, that's – those are my guys. Like, Cam Newton is my favorite football player ever because of Auburn and then what he did in the NFL. But my college football experience throughout my whole life is like, I'm watching this as a means to the end of the NFL draft. The Jets suck every year. I need to determine who the Jets should pick. And like, I would watch the national championship. My dad was born in Nebraska. He's like a tangential Nebraska fan. Like they'd be on TV occasionally, like, but not important. Mm -hmm. I go to Syracuse. Syracuse sucks. I get to see ACC schools. Like I've got to see Trevor play twice. I've got to see Florida State. I've got to see, you know, Ryan Finley hang 50 on, on us in the dome. Like, I've got to see some cool guys come through. But, like, Syracuse isn't good. Like, my college football experience is so, like, I don't have, like, a team. So, I yeah. feel like I'm a, I'm a bird's-eye viewer of, like, how do we fix this? The thing I love about college football, in addition to the gambling, is mm. the regular season 
matters. Yeah. Like, like Alabama, Georgia, that game, we were gassed up. Yeah. Like everybody was ready. Like we had 10 guys in somebody's living room with like a thousand dollars on the game, just like raring and ready to go. We were like, this is the national. That's a playoff game. Yeah. Clemson, Notre Dame one is a playoff game. Florida, Georgia is a playoff game. And if you go to eight teams, those games mean less to possibly nothing, Mm -hmm. which would kill it. That would kill it. And because the thing the boomers really seem to be upset about is that no one seems to care about the bowl games anymore. That how come no one wants to just win the Rose Bowl? How come no one wants to go to the Fiesta Bowl? How come no one wants to go to the Outback Bowl? Because these guys, this isn't college football like it was when you grew up. Yeah, These are like, guys trying to get to the league. You can, like, care about the Orange Bowl. Like, Syracuse, two years ago, when we had a chance, when we were actually somewhat decent, the most overrated team in the country, but when we were somewhat decent, like, the Orange Bowl was a playoff game that year, but we would have gone to the Orange Bowl in that ACC spot. I actually drove with my two roommates from Long Island to Orlando for the stupid Camping World Bowl just because we knew we were never going to be like Syracuse was never going to go 11 and two again. Like that was never happening. But if it was the orange bowl, new year's like new year's in Miami. And it wouldn't have just been the three of us. It would have been everybody like for schools that don't matter, like UNC who should realistically have national title expectations next year. But like one of my best friends from home goes to UNC. He is gassed up for the orange bowl. And he should be because UNC football is not a thing that happens. But if you're like a real program, the Rose Bowl should mean nothing to you. The Orange Bowl should mean nothing to you. The Peach Bowl should mean nothing to you. The Cotton Bowl should mean nothing to you. Any game that is not a playoff game should mean absolutely nothing to you. It's the real issue we have right now because these are who they are. Every single year, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and probably Georgia most years now, are just going to be the most talented teams. They are going to have all of the four- and five-star recruits. And this isn't different. The best kids have always gone to the best schools. I, I, I don't understand why we're all – why the, con- the conventional sports media is so, like, aghast at the situation. This is what it's always been. It's just that the playoff is exacerbating what we've all known. And, and it's like, so, so what, right? It's yeah. like we're going to get to the same thing that, that we always get. And God forbid the best players in the country are going to play on the biggest stage. And like every, every, you know, five years, like you'll have the LSU or like you'll have like the Florida state, Florida state. Right. Or like, you know, I think the PAC 12 is a sham, but there will be eventually another Oregon team. Like there just will be, or like maybe USC fires Clay Hilton and like that gets figured out somewhere. But like, there are going to be other teams eventually. Like, this is a cycle. Like, yeah. listen, there's no competition for Clemson in the ACC. I do think, in theory, Mac Brown could create that. He's old as hell. Yeah. But if he sticks around, like, he's getting guys in there. And he's got the best returning quarterback in the country next year, which must be nice. But, like, there's a chance there. Like, Miami can't suck forever. Like there's, there's we're getting on forever with Miami. We're getting there with Miami. We are we're getting, 15 years we in. We're 15 years in of Miami being pretty much just a name at this point. But and, and that's my thing. It's like as an unbiased, like I just like college football for what it is. Like, am I a Syracuse fan? But I don't actually care because they're Syracuse. Like, would it be sick 
if like legacy programs like I'm upset like I have the argument all the time that like I think Tennessee is like a top 20 job like if you are the guy that fixes Tennessee you're in the SEC you have all the thing you have all the facilities like you have a top five facility like you have all the money in the world like you're the guy that fixes Tennessee like yeah go do it Miami you're the guy that fixes Miami yeah go do it and it's like okay yeah, Texas. I don't know if I want to be the guy to take the Texas job. Is the problem? If you're listening, Texas, I will take the Texas job, and I promise oh, you, I can I'm beat not Oklahoma. It down. Yeah, I could beat Oklahoma once in four years. I could like, beat Oklahoma once in four years. I think it would be cool if, like, legacy programs like like Tennessee and Miami and and like Michigan were like cool again. Yeah, they're never gonna nice. be. But I think it would be nice at least. Yeah. So we've. I was having this discussion, this exact discussion with my girlfriend yesterday. She's a Penn State alum, and she's just like, I don't care. Why do I care? It's Alabama and Clemson every single year. What do I have to get excited for? Penn State's never going to have a team that's good enough to beat Alabama or Clemson. And I told you, I think on the Penn State note, just one little sidebar here. I think James Franklin has the best job in the country. It's a good gig because he he no expectations. You play for a second every year. Absolutely no expectations. You get recruits. You have money. You're never going to, like, suck, suck. They suck this year. But you're never going to be, like, in a normal year, you're never going to win, like, under eight games. Yeah. No expectations. You're going to, like, everybody's going to get up for the Ohio State game at the very least. Mm -hmm. And you're never going to get fired. Yeah. They're very hesitant to fire people, even if you're deserving to be fired. Yeah. As we all know. James Franklin's got the best gig in the world. You get to play for second every single year in the Big Ten East. and No expectations. You make Ohio State sweat. Yeah, no expectations. None. Yeah. It's just, it goes to the regionalism that is college football because people are just always going to care more about the SEC schools than the Big Ten schools. It, it literally does just mean more. Yeah. Like, it's such a joke, but it just does. It does. It absolutely does. Alabama, if, there's a reason the SEC gets two teams in the playoff a lot of the time. They are the best conference in a norm in a universe where Alabama doesn't exist. Georgia probably has two national titles in the last five years. Georgia probably has two national titles in the last five years. They, you could argue that they should anyway, but their coach yeah. is an idiot. So whatever, <laughs> we can move on from there. But like, so we went to uh, me and a couple of my buddies went to Clemson mm-hmm. when Syracuse played down there this year. Um, obviously not SEC, but it is the the best football team of the last, you know, decade. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and football games at Syracuse is like a means to an end. Like for non, for non like media kids, it is an excuse to go tailgate, which believe me, so much fun. Like wouldn't change it for the world. But like we went down to Clemson in a pandemic in like, uh, against Syracuse, a team that has given Clemson fits and did give a Clemson a, a fit even this year with with a, a one win team, but it's not like they don't like it's the it's the it's the madman meme. Like I don't I don't think about you at all. Like they didn't care. Like the lady at the bookstore, I was wearing my Syracuse like golf polo the first day we were down there. The lady at the bookstore as I was buying my Trevor jersey just was like, "You guys are getting killed tomorrow. You're wearing the wrong shade of orange." And I was like. I honestly didn't expect you to even care about me, but like we went down there and it's just like, 
everybody cares, man. Yeah. Everybody. It is so cool. Yeah. It is so cool. I can't even imagine. Like, I literally can't even imagine people caring. It's, it, it's unfathomable. I went to Stony Brook. They try to make Stony Brook football a thing. I promise you, it is not a thing. I've been to a, a tailgate at Stony Brook, and I've been to a tailgate at Penn State. There, there are levels to this. Yeah. There are levels to this. Yeah. I, it's like you just go below the Mason-Dixon line. It's like even if you suck, it's they like, care. oh, man, they care. Look at the Grove at Ole so Miss. Cool. The Grove at Ole Miss, they, they're not relevant, but goddamn, do they have fun. Like, God, if you're, like, actually, like, concerned about a Syracuse football game when you're the number one team in the country, like, what is going on? Like, why? There were, there were 19,000 people there in a pandemic to watch a, a game in which their team was favored by 48 and a half points, and they yeah. all cared. Yeah. It's funny, to th- it's funny to think about it like that in that respect. We, we've had our fun being serious. I, the one reason I really wanted to have you on was to talk prospects, that kind of thing. And we're almost to the fun part of the discussion because as fans of miserable NFL teams, this is why we're here. This, this is, is why we're this watching 12 is, this, is, this is what happens. This is what we've resigned to in life. But the, the last thing in this general conversation is, do we ever go back to, you know, where football was in college even like five-ish years ago, or are we just all going to be in this spread 45 points a game forever now? Is this where we are permanently? I can't see how it's not, because I think this is the way, to use a Christopher Johnson quote, um, Adam Gase coaches to where football is going. He doesn't, but everybody else seemingly does. Um, This is what is going to happen, especially because, so everybody, everybody talks about you know, the NBA, it's a big Twitter talking point that like kids don't want to play baseball anymore. Kids want to play basketball, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like for, for various reasons, but you're, the athletes are going to play basketball, going to play lacrosse, going to play like baseball is dying for a myriad of reasons. But basketball is, is getting the A tier athletes now, right? The A the tier athletes who want to play football are now all playing wide receiver. Yes. And the wide receiver class of last year's draft was the best in, you know, probably a decade. This year's class is even better. And it's going to continually get better because the best athletes in this country are going to play football and they're going to play wide receiver. So the more talent that gets in on the offensive side of the ball, the less defense is going to matter. And it doesn't matter right now at all anyway. You and I had this conversation at like one in the morning Saturday night, but I was like, isn't it crazy how we went from Saban being scared of his quarterback running I formation 40 plays a game to they have four wide on the field every single play and all it took was two coordinators and, you know, five-star recruits? Yeah, Lane Kiffin just going, we can out-athlete people. Yeah. And Nick going, okay, let's try it. And then, <laughs> and then, and then they're going to have four first-round wide receivers on one team. And and the guy who led them is gonna is like not even the best one. It's like what is going like I don't. It's literally mind boggling how that just turned on a dime. Saban, like defense guy, like ground and pound, like Najee, great, like so so good. We're never getting Alabama Derrick Henry like again. Like there's no chance that ever happens. 
because Saban, there's you're not gonna win. You you probably will still win because you're Alabama, but it's not. It's harder. There's no reason to do it. It, it. It's kind of like the argument that soccer Twitter's been having a lot lately, where it's like this soccer is so ugly. We don't do link up play anymore. There's no build up. There's no great plays. Everyone just presses and then counterattacks and absorbs pressure. It's that kind of thing now, where it's like this is what it is. It, it's never going back to the other way because everybody can be competitive playing this style of football. Ole Miss can score 40 points a game and stay with pretty much anyone on the field. It's the same thing in every sport. Yeah. You're only taking three-pointers because that is the most efficient way to do things. You're playing for the three-run home run because that is the most efficient way to do things. As people get smarter and younger people get into front offices, that's in every sport or player development in college. There's no front office or whatever. This is just how it's going to work now. Yeah. Like everything is a math problem. And as you know, an analytics math guy, this is perfect. Like I'm in, I don't care. I have no, like the future is now old man, get with the times. I don't care. The most efficient way to win a football game is throwing the ball 70 times. Great. Sick. Let's do it. I, I don't disagree with you. And I think that's honestly what Ohio state had a hard time doing. We saw it on Saturday. Northwestern doesn't have amazing athletes outside. I know Ohio State was down receivers, but they tried to throw 40 times, and it almost lost them the Big Ten title game. If you're not good at where the game is, you can still get run up on. Yeah, and it's like you just meant like Ole Miss is – like they suck. Yeah, they suck. Like they have like Elijah Moore, superstar, like guy I'm going to fall in love with through the combine. Like he's going to get drafted too low. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, uh, Corral, like, good. Like, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I think he's, like, a moron. Like, five interceptions. Not, I'm not happy about it, but, like, gunslinger. Like, okay, cool. Fun to watch, at the very least. And, like, they're just... It, it's the same thing with Florida. They don't have a defense. They have no defense. But they could score 50 points, so they were in every game they played. Oh, well. I, I had this exact discussion Saturday afternoon. My one friend goes, What's the over for Alabama, Florida? And I looked, it was I was like 72 and a half. He's like, what? 72 and a half? I'm like literally have, never have, in doubt. Like you, literally <laughs> never in doubt. Have you I was like, have you watched Florida at all this year? He's like, no, not really. Do they have a defense? I was like, they gave up 17 points to Vanderbilt. So I, we shouldn't be worried about the over. I, I think yeah. we can we can play the over here. Literally, like never, never in doubt. It's time. The, the first time I messaged you, I asked you, do you want to fix the Heisman Trophy? And you said, yes, we're never going yes. to give it to a quarterback again. Yeah. And I, I am in the same camp with you. I for too I long, actually think, though, so you messaged me that two weeks ago. And I within the last two weeks, I think we've gotten there. And, and, you know, maybe we didn't. I'd like to think we did. I think Mac laying an egg two weeks ago might have just done it. Because yeah. Devontae's still scoring. I think that might have done it. Yeah. And, like, listen, to, for my money, outside of Trevor, who obviously who missed time mm-hmm. and is the best player in the world, fine, sure. For my money, the two best college football players this year were a wide receiver and a tight end. Absolutely. And, and maybe the wide receiver gets to win the Heisman now because his quarterback decided to forget how to play football two weeks ago. But it's not a given. And the tight end never had a chance 
Yeah, he, he missed multiple games, and, you know, with the tight end. Yeah, and it's, it is demoralizing. It's absolutely demoralizing. I just, you, I hope, I hope, I hope Devonta Smith wins. That would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. He, I feel like he probably should win. He's the betting favorite right now. You can still get Mac Jones at plus money, and I was trying to talk myself into that, and I still might do that just because boomers vote for quarterbacks and, you know, that kind of thing. So if I gave you a ballot, who are your top three for the Heisman this year? So I would still give it to Lawrence would be my number one. He is the most outstanding player. He is the most outstanding player. As A, to the letter of the law, he is the best player in the country. Yes. It's the same thing why, you know, LeBron should have 97 MVPs or like, you know, I I am of the belief that James Harden should have at least four at this point because like he is the most valuable player. Like, okay. Uh, I would still give it to Lawrence as not only what he did this year. And listen, I think Saturday solidified it Mm. is that like Notre Dame, as far as I'm concerned, has two losses because they almost lost to a team. They got taken to overtime by DJ in his second career start. And now, clearly, if Trevor plays that game, it's not even close. Mm -hmm. Like, it's literally, like, we have seen what happens. It's not like Notre Dame got any worse between, you know, the the end of October and now. So, I would still give it to Trevor in addition to just being the best player this year. It's kind of like a lifetime achievement award. Like, oh, you're the best college football player ever. Like, you can have the trophy. You probably probably should. It would be, as Dabo said, I, I am a Dabo guy, which I understand is a hot take these days. But as Dabo said, it is it is a black mark on the Heisman if Trevor Lawrence leaves college without one. I do truly believe that. Um, I would give it to Trevor. Devonta would would have to be two. Um, and I'm not even a Devonta guy. I just think the numbers can't lie at this point. And third, I would give it to Kyle Trask. I would vote Trask over Jones. I just I think you know wins come and go. I think you know Kyle Trask literally is having Joe Burrow's season and nobody would care. Mm-hmm. And I think we should probably care about that. But then it comes down to if Kyle Pitts didn't miss three games, I would put Trask, I, I would put Pitts over Trask because he's a better player. And I don't think, I don't think Trask kind of is what he is without, I think Kyle Pitts is the best player in the country outside of Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't actually think it's particularly close either. Guy's got a 98.9 PFF grade. Like what, what is, what even is that? He didn't drop a ball all year. He's the best player in the country. Like, he should I don't even know if he gets a vote which is terrible yeah I because again going back to this conversation back in October September I was like to my Jet fan friends you guys should look at Pitts with the Seattle pick I don't know if he makes it to where Seattle is but if you were to get Trevor and you give him Kyle Pitts right off the bat as his running mate that's a great starting point for your offense because even in the NFL there are not a lot of guys who are going to be able to cover Kyle Pitts no, and, and here's the thing. Like, you can call him a tight end all you want. It's just because he's huge. He doesn't block anybody. He's a wide receiver. He he's doesn't like block anybody. He's like Claypool. Yeah, it's like he's a wide receiver. Like, he's like – literally, Kyle Pitts is going to step into the NFL next year and be Evan Ingram, who I liked, who, who was another guy to me. I was like, he's a wide receiver. Like, he's just – he's not a tight end. Like, you can call him a tight end, whatever we want. Like, he can't block anybody. And, like, he kind of sucks, but – like 
Pitts is like, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter being like, I'm scared Kyle Pitts turns into Evan Ingram at the next level. I'm like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm literally just not at all. Like, he's that good. And and the tight end moniker is going to cost him, like, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Because if he was a wide receiver, he would he would go in the top 10, at least, if not be wide receiver one. And it's like, are you drafting the tight end in the top 15? Are we sure? Like, are we positive? I'm not. Like, he could, he's going to be, you know, in the top 10 on my board. He's probably going to be in the top six of my board. Just on, on terms of player, he's going to get picked 19th. And we're like, okay, like, that's earlier, actually, than I thought. It's terrible. What they're doing to Kyle Pitts is terrible. And every team that passed on is going to regret it, which is my favorite part. He's awesome. So, he's awesome. That is the only word. He's awesome. He's incredible to watch. How do we fix the Heisman? Because too often I wrote down all of the people who have finished in the top three this decade, and most of them pretty deserving. Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker, Lamar, Derrick Henry, Mariota, Winston, Manziel, RG3, Cam. There These hasn't are... really been an egregious one in a long time. Yeah. Like, like I, if you want to give me the uh, the McCaffrey argument. I'd listen. I think Derrick Henry was better that year. I'd, I'd listen, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else, I mean, I, I have no problem with any of these results. <laughs> I, I, really, I really don't. I don't see how anybody could have a problem with any of these results. And it brings me to one of my favorite discussions that football Twitter seems to have. Like, once every three weeks of which is more impressive, Burrow having the best statistical season of all time, with the best team of all time, or Cam Newton winning the national title yeah, game okay. with one NFL so, player on his here team? Here we go. Uh, I don't actually even think it's particularly close. Like, I literally don't. And Justin Jefferson, like, being the best wide receiver in the NFL just furthers my point. Uh, Cam Newton got paid $300,000 to go to Auburn, a team that had no talent, just absolutely devoid of talent, and he single-handedly won a national championship literally by himself he had one other player he had Marcel Darius who's like fine on defense not his problem he his left guard played like one game in the NFL it's it it's the only guy he had you're mixing up SEC defensive lineman Nick Fairley Nick Fairley yes Marcel Darius put the band Nick Fairley who stunk by the way Marcel Darius at least is kind of good Burrow has Jefferson has Chase, has Clyde, has that entire offensive line is going to play in the the NFL. Like, it it has Terrace Marshall, who barely played last year, but he exists now. It's like, I don't even think it's particularly cool. And my thing with Burrow is that I am a Tua guy. I'm a Tua stan through and through. Tua doesn't get hurt. Burrow might not even happen. If Tua doesn't get hurt before the, the Bama-LSU game, if Tua is fully healthy going into that game, I still think Bama wins. And then Tua gets hurt in that game. But if Bama wins, Burrow just has stats. Burrow, Burrow is not the greatest player of all time. Burrow, Burrow Kyler Trask. Go, yeah, Trask. Burrow's Kyle Trask. Like, I, a lot of things broke right for Joe Burrow. Meanwhile, Cam just bullied everybody into submission. I'm still unconvinced Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the country last year. I still, I still 
I am a Tua guy through and through. I think Tua is – I see, here's the thing. Two in the NFL is a really interesting. That concept. was going to be my question. Does how both of them have played in the NFL in the limited sample change your opinion at all? Burrow was playing very well yeah. on a bad team. Burrow, on an outright bad team. I don't think Miami is letting Tua really do anything, which is uh, honestly, they're winning games. So, like, more power to you. Uh, I do think Miami doesn't have an offensive line, which is a little bit of an issue. Uh, Tua has not had Miles Gaskin, who I think is very good. Miles Gaskin has been out for like the last two months and screwing all of my fantasy teams. Uh, Tua does have two very good receivers. I am a Devontae Parker guy. I do like Preston Williams. Like Miami's got talent, whereas Cincinnati has T. Higgins is good. Tyler Boyd is fine. The corpse of A.J. Green. Um, you know, there are options. I am a Joe Mixon guy. Like, He's got talent. He also has no offensive line and ended up getting him killed. Um, I don't know. I, I think two has got to get unloaded at some point. I think Burrow's got a higher NFL ceiling for sure, just because I feel like he's, he's not as limited. Um, but I don't think Tua has really been unleashed yet. I just like, I, to, to me, it's like, to me, the Trump card in the Cam Burrow thing is Cam had no help mm-hmm. and did the same exact thing, if not better. It's like, yeah, so he didn't throw for 60 touchdowns, but all right, so add the rushing in there and, and let's chat. It's like Cam Newton is – Cam Newton is, I think, like the best college football. Like that one year is like – It's a I don't think it's ever. I don't think it's ever like going to be topped. Like I just think he was the best player alive for that one year, and that like that's, that's the end-all deal. Like Lamar lost games. Like I think winning does matter for the Heisman. Don't get me wrong. That's why Trask isn't going to get votes. Winning should absolutely matter. But like putting up video game numbers and also winning helps. Yeah, it helps a lot. Can you imagine being one of those poor kids in JUCO in two thousand nine who had to play grown ass? No, no, literally, literally, (laughs) no. Like, 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 literally. I can't even fathom like just playing Lynn and like six six two thirty just like coming down the gut. It's like, are you kidding? Like I wasn't even the best player on my high school team, and I have to deal with this. I'm playing my like, linebacker against this guy. It's like it's the same thing. It's the same thing uh, with 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 Trey Lance. It's like yeah. these poor these poor kids who like it's like God. 6'4", 225, just, like, barreling over this kid who, like, maybe made all section in Wyoming. It's like, oh, that shouldn't happen. That's just mean. But here we are. This is what we're doing. Okay. That's, 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 that's how this works, apparently. It, it, bullying is college football. There are just normal people who will go on to have like yeah. finance jobs, accounting jobs, marketing jobs, who have to no, play somebody, against guys. Somebody, who go to somebody the NFL. tweeted it. Somebody tweeted the other day. Northwestern's linebackers are going to go work on Wall Street for twenty-five years, and they shut down the number two player in the NFL draft. <laughs> they just bullied him, and they're not. They they're not going to play football for a living. All right, that's going to be the pullout for the podcast. Uh, that 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 was beautiful. That that was beautiful. They bullied him. They, uh, I I don't think Ryan Day is a particularly good football coach because he. Always See, here's my thing. My list of particularly good college football coaches: <laughs> Nick Saban, in, Dabo. In, yeah, in relation to like how good their team is, is like like Kirby sucks. 
Ryan Day, nothing to write. I the my gripe with Fields as a prospect, and it goes back to to Ryan Day, is that the Ohio State offense is the easiest thing in the world. It is a one read offense. It does they're like their their concepts are not entirely difficult. Like there's nothing to write home about. Haskins sucks, and this is not me comparing Justin Fields to Dwayne Haskins. Like, please, if you're listening, do not take this out of context. I don't like Justin Fields. I think he's probably my least favorite of the four quarterbacks at the top here. I'm not saying like, oh, the historical Troy Smith sucked, Haskins sucked, everybody sucks. Like, that's not what this is. But like, if you take like any decent, like a guy that has struggled, like if you took Miles Brennan, talented quarterback, and threw Ohio. State. The joke I make all the time is if you take Tommy DeVito, an elite 11 guy who has been screwed by a Syracuse offensive line for, for a while, you're a Jersey guy, to, Tommy boy. You put Tommy on, on Ohio State, like, I think Tommy is talented enough, and Tommy is not an idiot enough to, like, still be able to win eight games. Like, is he going to be Justin Fields? No. But that offense is a joke. That offense is an absolute joke. They have, the, they have the best athletes. They can burn pretty much every corner they go up against. They don't have to really – it's not It's not overly complicated. It's pretty easy. It's how no. Haskins put up that those gaudy numbers. It's, exactly. And it's like, okay, so you want to make the excuse that, that Fields didn't have Olave on Saturday, which is, like, totally fair. Chris Olave, top 40 guy, like, great. Like, literally great. All-time great college wide receiver when you really know. Like, so, so, so good. Uh, okay, Trevor uh, – lost T Higgins to the draft and Justin Ross has spinal stenosis and Justin Ross is better than Chris Olave. Yeah. And uh, Trevor's main target this whole year has been uh Corn Powell, who is a fifth year senior who had 20 career catches entering this year and is now the best wide receiver in the country that doesn't play for Alabama solely because Trevor Lawrence exists or Amari Rogers, who's like five foot eight and is a slot wide receiver. So if you can withhold the Justin Fields didn't have Chris Olave because he's still had Garrett Wilson Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence is throwing to nobody and is better. So you can take that and shove it. I don't want to hear that literally ever. It is not the great excuse excusing Justin Fields' pathetic game that you think it is because everybody else doesn't have their best wide receivers except for Mac Jones. And uh, everybody still doesn't have Waddle. He still doesn't yeah. have Waddle. He doesn't have Waddle, who is better than Chris Olave. Yeah. Kyle, Tra- Kyle did just fine without Pitts for three weeks. Killed Georgia. Pitts played one drive. Killed Georgia. No problems. And so this, you're playing. You're playing against Northwestern. Georgia has two cornerbacks that, at worst, are going to go by the third round. Kyle Trask sunned them with Trayvon Grimes, who is good, and Kadarius, who is the best player in the world. But you're playing Northwestern, and you couldn't do it with Garrett Wilson, who's going to be a top five pick next year, because all because you didn't have Chris Olave. Ask Trevor Lawrence if he wants Justin Ross to play against against Alabama. Ask him, because I think the answer is going to be yes. All right. This is a beautiful way to segue into the part of the conversation where we talk about the quarterbacks going into this draft, because both our teams, at least I came into the season thinking, we're going to be in the mix for Trevor Lawrence because this Giants team has no talent. Joe Judge had to go and win a bunch of games they shouldn't have won. And they, they've been competitive. They're still not a good football team. The Giants are Okay, awful. so you are a noted not Daniel Jones guy. Yes. yes. I get flamed on Twitter for making fun of Daniel Jones. Not because he stinks. I understand that I have like no leg to stand on anymore because my guy also is terrible. Like I I get that. 
But as an unbiased football viewer, like old brother Daniel Jones is like, is her like Sam statistically this year is the worst quarterback in football. I will be the first. I've said that the whole year. Like he, I think he's borderline irredeemable. Sam Darnold is a better football player than Daniel Jones. Like I'm a, I'm just about a hundred percent sure of that. I'm like, pretty if sure I had, of that, like, yeah. if like, if the aliens came and it was like, I'm calling Kyle you Wharton. Pick, you had to pick one of them. Like, I, okay, I'm going with the higher ceiling at least, at the very least. They both suck, but like, you're not going to take Jones and run the wing T and just hope he can run it 40 times and get uh, run the army offense. He's got 40 turnovers in, in a year and a half. Like what? What? Like what are we doing? I, I tried. Okay, I went and watched nine Duke football games from his draft year after they took him to see. Maybe there's something here I didn't see the first did time. You, did you think it was happening? Because, like, I knew that, like, Gettleman was going to be all in. Like, I just I, – I, like, I thought it was inevitable. I actually, like, kind of bought the Haskins thing, like the Jersey Boy color. I thought that would have been, like, kind of cool. But, like, I absolutely knew. I was like, Gettleman is totally just going to do it. And I'm just going to watch. Like, I was so mentally prepared. And, like – it's going to be funny because, like, now you get to laugh at me in April. But, like, I was so ready for it to happen. And it's been – it honestly, it has been more glorious than I ever expected it would be. All right. I was a senior in college. I had a single because I still lived in the dorms because off-campus housing on Long Island is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. St- listen, Stony Brook is, is – I can't even imagine trying to get off-campus housing out there. So, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. So, I lived in a single. I – gotten i went to 7-eleven i got beer i ordered pizza i said he's not gonna fuck it up he's not gonna fuck it up he's gonna take the best player available at six and best player available at 17 he still realizes this team needs a lot of pieces the yell i let out when roger goodell said daniel jones quarterback duke the ra came from down the hall and goes dude are you okay what the fuck happened and i go my football team just fucked me in the ass for the next five years because we're going to get stuck in the same predictable boat every team does with the quarterback who's gives you just enough glimmers that the executive won't move on, but never actually flashes to the point where you believe in him. He is going to get to that fifth-year option. They will pick it up because the Giants are not a well-run organization, and they will give him the Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, David, Derek Carr extension. And because the Giants you just like, mentioned my two favorite quarterbacks, Derek Carr and Jared Goff should literally never play another NFL game. If you lose to this New York Jets team, you're done. And the Raiders did lose. Like, let's let's be real. The Raiders lost to the Jets. Like, literally, Derek Carr had, uh, like, I actually think it was four red zone drives in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter that could have just put that that nail in the coffin and just could not figure out how to do it. And Jared, Jared Goff, I don't want to hear anything about Sean McVay. I don't want to hear anything about Aaron Donald. I don't want to hear anything about Jalen Ramsey. I don't want to hear anything about Jared Goff again. Frauds. All of them. Literally all of them. All of them literally frauds. Sorry. I just had to interject that there because you're entirely correct. The Rams are in this situation with the shitty quarterback, Jared Goff, because he went to the Super Bowl one time when no defense knew how to scheme for Sean McVay. And then guess what the greatest coach in, in any sport history decided to do? Literally gave Jared Goff one opportunity to win the game, and he couldn't do it. Done. That was it. Worst Super Bowl ever. Bill's, Bill's masterpiece was that game. 
that offense had nothing, and there was never in doubt the Patriots were going to lose. They uh, no, win. like I season. literally they couldn't I, score, but I knew Bill was going to find a way. They were. That's when I knew Jared Goff was done. Is that he had the one opportunity, the deep ball to Cooks that McCourty broke up, and he had to make that throw to a wide open Brandon Cooks, and he sailed it and gave McCourty enough time to break it up. And at that moment, I knew Jared Goff was done. If you if you had one chance to win the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots all game, you couldn't do anything. Todd Gurley had like 30 yards, like literally nothing. You were given one opportunity to hit a wide open. It's the same thing with Garoppolo. Yep. He overthrew. He overthrew. That was a tough. That's, that's the game. That's the game. Yeah. He hits that I was done with Garoppolo. If you have one throw to win a Super Bowl and you can't do it, that's it. Out. Done. See ya. You suck. And guess what? Both of them now do suck. So. I, I, okay. You and I are no, are Zach Wilson guys. We are both Zach Wilson guys. I have watched every single BYU game this year, and I'm in my group chat with my high school friends, and Man, they the all menace. say the same thing to me. They all say the same thing. Who has he played? The one game he played against care. a good opponent, he did care. not play well. Don't care. This is for this is for you guys who I know are listening to this because I told you to listen specifically. Please tell my friends why they are wrong about Zach Wilson. Okay, so not only I'm gonna I'm just gonna poke holes in their argument first before I tell you tell them why they're wrong. Um, what did Justin Fields do against the two real teams he played this year? If that's the line, right? neither of them like Fields either. I'll give them that. Neither of them want Fields for the yeah. I, I mean, listen, there's there's really there's not a lot to like, and I do understand. Like, I get the gripes about Zach Wilson. I get the gripes about Trey Lance. Like, I do I do under I understand it. I just think I think the Trey Lance eval, especially, um, I think Trey Lance has has the highest potential to fall out of the top eight, ten, whatever it is. And I think a smart playoff team is just going to come up and take them and like sit them for 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 a year. Indy, I could see Indy. Yeah, Indy. I haven't ruled out the Patriots. He's from Minnesota. Like I think that's a relatively like the Steelers. If they really wanted to, it doesn't seem like they do. But like. New Orleans, like there's totally teams that can totally do it. Um, I think there is, is a lot of opportunity to overestimate or overthink the eval for Zach Wilson and Trey Lance equally because they've both played nobody. Um, Zach Wilson is the future of the NFL. Like he might suck, but he is what is happening right now. And like I can't in good faith compare him to Patrick Mahomes. But, like, that's the play style, right? Like, he just – he plays backyard football, and he does all these crazy off-platform throws. Like, the closest thing to Zach Wilson in, in college, at least, like, has been – like, everybody compares him to Baker, right? The swag, the headband. Like, Baker never did. And I, I loved Baker. Like, I never thought in a million years the Jets were going to get Sam Darnold, who was my number one quarterback in that draft. I was all in on Baker. Like, I have – and I still am. Like, I have a Browns-Baker jersey. Like, I bought an old Mark Sanchez Jets jersey and taped Mayfield over the back of it and wore it on draft night. Like, I was in. Like, I was, I was so totally – like, I would die for Baker Mayfield. I know you would too. But, like – Baker never did the things Zach Wilson is doing. Like Zach Wilson just like does these weird like sidearm off platform throws, and you're like, oh, that's like that's a throwaway. That's like that's a pick, and then it's like, oh yeah, sixty yards on the dot to to. You want to talk about guys who don't have any talent? 
60 yards on the dot to Mitt Romney's nephew. <laughs> I it's forgot like, about that. During like, the Coastal game, I tweeted because Mitt Romney's grandson wide yeah. open in the red zone, hit him in the chest, and it bounced off like a kid who'd never played organized football before. Yeah, it's like, oh, so that's – he's turning Dax Milne, who's, like, fine, and Mitt Romney's grandson into, like, real NFL football players. That's interesting. <laughs> I think that's kind of – I think that's kind of cool. Uh, BYU also has the, the best graded left tackle in the country, Brady Christensen, um, who – the problem with BYU guys is, like, Brady Christensen is 28. It's like, you can't take that guy in the first round. Zach Wilson is a unicorn. Yeah, Drew, Drew from Jersey, big Jets Twitter legend, tweeted it out this morning. Zach Wilson is a superstar player, superstar quarterback from BYU, who's going to be 21 when he gets drafted. When nobody from BYU gets drafted before the 26, like this is the first. This is this is this is a unicorn. This is a unicorn. Like Zach, Zach Wilson is. Do I think Zach Wilson has the highest range of variance yeah, of any absolutely. of these four quarterbacks? Yeah, I do. Because I think Trey, as a runner, is going to at least be able to be like Lamar. And not like MVP, but like he's going to be playing. Like there is no reason why Trey Lance can't do what Jalen Hurts did last night. Absolutely. And like get you two on the ground and get you 200 yards in the air and just like win you football games. Like there's there's no – like is Trey Lance maybe not going to be a superstar? Sure. Like that's totally possible. Trey Lance is going to have a job for a while because of his running ability. Trevor Lawrence is not going to be bad. Justin Fields is going to have a job forever. Zach Wilson could be out of the league by the end of his rookie contract. Like he could, he could be. He also could be the best quarterback in the league outside of Patrick Mahomes by the end of his rookie contract. And if you were the New York Jets, you're eternally damned anyway. Like take the higher ceiling. Take the highest ceiling out of any of these guys. Because because there's nothing. I think it is impossible to sell the the fan base on the guy that loses to Trevor in two weeks and has been not Trevor this whole time. I think it's impossible to sell the fan base. I think Justin Fields is dead on arrival. If he was a New York jet, I think the fan base will revolt at the first sign of, of, you know, of, of weakness. Um, I think the fan base will res- revolt on draft night, but you know, he shows up, you're getting fans in the stands next year. If they're even like, I don't think, if there were fans in the stands this year, I actually don't think the Jets would be as bad as they are because I, I think they would have just gotten booed to hell and then they would have actually had to turn it on at some point. Um, but, like, I don't. I think Justin Fields, like, listen, I, I am biased in the fact that I don't want him on the Jets as a Jet fan, but I also don't love him as a prospect. So, like, if the Jets took him and ruined him, I would feel good about my eval of fields but it would also be at my expense but at this point like what's another four years of my life i don't give a shit so like i don't care (laughs) like that's how resigned i am to the jets but like you also can't sell the fan base on like yeah we're gonna we're gonna run sammy boy back after winning one game and him being the best quarterback in the nfl like oh we got pede sewell denzel mims full season he's gonna be fine guys drafted chris olave with the seattle pick Sam's back. Da, da, da. Like, nope, can't can't sell him on that either. Nobody's gonna pay two thousand dollars for season tickets to watch Sam get blown out again. The only guy I think you could sell the fan base on is Zach Wilson. It's the only guy. I think that is like, and especially when Ohio State gets curb stomped in two weeks, I think it's I think that is the only way to do it. Now everybody wants to be trade back, trade back, trade back. Can't do that either because Cincinnati is gonna take Sewell. 
like mm-hmm. once you move back. Like that's a guarantee. I actually, if you're not taking Wilson, I would just take Sewell. Like Sewell is the best. If not for Trevor Lawrence, Sewell would be the best prospect in the draft. It's the two best prospects, like ever, at the top of this draft. And like, all right, Becton's fine. Like Becton's great, and he's better than fine. But like, okay, Twin Towers on on the offensive line forever. Like, could be worse. You're gonna suck either way. But like, nobody's touching Sam. Must be nice. And you get to screw Cincinnati, which I think would be kind of funny, who was, like, totally resigned to getting Sewell the minute Burrow tore his ACL. They, they, were, they must be sweating now. But, like, you can't trade out any lower than, like, four because yeah. you have to secure yourself a quarterback, and there's no way to do that. So I think it's, it's, I think it's Wilson at two. I think the arm strength is, is wild. Um, he's a guy – he goes through his progressions, like, and, and I understand he's played. He's, he's fast. fast. I think the comp is, like – I think he's less athletic Kyler. Like, I, I just think, like, and Kyler, I'm a Kyler guy. I was not a Kyler guy as a prospect. I, I, I overestimated the height thing. Uh, but Kyler has struggled this year. Yep. He didn't struggle last year. Kyler has struggled this year a lot. But I just think, like, the play style of just, like, running around, throwing 60-yard bombs, and, like, Zach Wilson is going to turn the ball over. You just got to be okay with it. And it, you just hope the good outweighs the bad. It's the same thing as Sam Darnold, and the good does not outweigh that bad. It's the same thing with Daniel Jones. The good does not outweigh that bad. I think turnovers are okay, especially in the turnovers. first two years. If they're good turnovers. In, in the first two years of, of a quarterback's career, unless you're, like, really competing, turnovers are fine because it means you're being aggressive. You're, you're, you're like going downfield. Like you, you, you showing me something. That was just, that was the thing with Sam after his rookie year. I was like, I'm not worried about the turnover thing. Cause he's like, they're good turnovers. Like he's going downfield. He's just a, a beat too late on, on a couple of throws, like NFL timing. It'll come. Never can. It's going to be the same thing with Wilson. It's going to be, it's going to have to be a patience thing. Not something the New York jets are known for, not something the New York jets fan base is known for. But I do think the fans will rally around Wilson, unlike anybody else at this point. I I want Wilson. I know the Giants cannot get Wilson if they're picking 10, more than likely. If you told me we go into next year with a real offensive coordinator that is not Jason Garrett. Well, that's, exactly, yeah, that's a problem. That's, that's also a part of the conversation I wanted to have with you with prospects. Is no matter how good someone is in college, a bad offensive coordinator, their first year two years in the league will break you irredeemably and no, is- it, yeah it's like and and that comes back now my f- literal first thought after the Jets won yesterday is who in their goddamn right mind is going to coach this team because the only draw was Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and now it's like okay so either d-tier coach that nobody wants you get retread Sam who just went one of 15 and is literally incompetent or you get your pick of the rest. And I don't think anybody wants a pick of the rest. And as we've seen, this is the first time in my life that Gase is just so bad that I think like, oh shit, the coach like matters just as much as the quarterback. Like the coach can ruin the quarterback. And now we're going to have some dumbass that nobody wants because nobody's going to take. Like the Matt Campbell dream, over. So gone. So gone. So gone. Like, I don't – like, we're going to hire Marvin Lewis. Okay. Like, so, so I've done this exercise with a number of my Jet fan friends where I've just 
randomly text them out of the blue on a random time, random time of the day. I've been like, Woody Johnson comes back from his ambassadorship within a week. See, that's the thing. Woody, world's better than CJ. I am so beyond done with Christopher Johnson. That guy is a lo- was a cornball loser from day one, and a lot of people bought into it. I never did. The players, for some reason, bought into it. Idiots. I need Woody Johnson back in my life. These are words I never thought I would say. I need Woody Johnson back in my life because at least, like, Woody has some spunk. He's got moxie. Like, he's coming back. He's king of the world. Like, he was just gone for four years, like, doing important shit. It's like Woody's gonna come back and like walk. It's like the it's like the the Donald Glover community pizza meme. Like Woody just walks back in and like the one thing that Woody hates that CJ has has not come around to is that Woody hates being clowned. Woody wouldn't take half the shit the media has given the Jets this year, and he's not going to when he gets back in control. And at least you know the Jets are gonna have some fire. Like at, at least we got that going for us, which is nice. Okay, so I've done this exercise with five different coaches where I've texted random Jet fans. I've asked them, Woody comes back. He says, we need to start this from the ground up. I want a program builder. Please welcome the newest head coach of the New York Jets, Jim Harbaugh. That was one. Yeah, so that's actually – that's actually um, you want to just go one by one? Or you want yeah, to yeah, yeah. One? I'm just – because there's five. So I've done, I've done Jim Harbaugh. Okay. I've done okay. Marvin Lewis. So Harbaugh. Bill O'Brien. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then I did okay. a, a coordinator. You have a real chance at Brian Dabble, the Bills OC. I think we're probably out on that one at this point, but sure. And then the, I was gonna going into yesterday, I would have said Robert Sala was the one I'd used a couple of times, a defensive guy. You could say whatever defensive coordinator you want to pick, whether it's I Sala, actually I think it, if I had to pick a defensive coordinator, that is the most likely. This is not what I would do. I want an offensive coach. Uh, the most likely defensive coordinator for the New York Jets is Wink Martindale uh, because of the Douglas connection in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. I actually, I think Wink Martindale has a really good shot at this job and nobody wants to admit that to themselves. I don't want to admit that to myself, but I actually think that's, that's the one. There was a universe. It's defense. There was a universe last year before the Giants had hired Judge where I had talked myself into a universe where we get Wink Martindale and then we hire Joe Brady to be our offensive coordinator. Yeah. Which if you get the right, you'd be OC. fine, right? Yeah, yeah you'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, okay, so Harbaugh, uh, Woody, this is a well-known fact that Woody is infatuated with Jim Harbaugh. Everybody mm-hmm. knows this. I We've known this for years. It uh, was going to be him and Peyton Manning in 2012. That was the jet plan. They were going to yeah, get Jim Harbaugh uh, to bring in Peyton Manning. Um, I think more than anything, that would be a Michigan bailout because they can't fire him. Uh, yeah. So I think Michigan is rooting for that to happen. Uh, I can't rule it out. I feel like it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the way this Michigan season has gone, I think there's a higher chance than there was prior to this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way this Jets season has now gone, that it'll fire the fan base up. I'm not going to be happy about it. So here's my Jim Harbaugh conspiracy theory. I'll just go one by one on all the guys you mentioned. My Jim Harbaugh conspiracy theory is that I don't actually think he's a good coach. I think yeah. Jim Harbaugh was two and a, two and a half years early on the the read option becoming the national football like the read option in a spread offense becoming the way the national football league was going to play football which he gets credit for right he gets credit for identifying that totally give him credit 
you also have to give him credit to Greg Roman, who was his offensive coordinator, who I do think because of the Baltimore thing is not ruled out for this Jets job. I don't want him. Uh, I think he's on the table, especially because I'll get to Dable in a second, but I think Dable is completely out. Uh, I think Dable is too good for us. Um, But Harbaugh and Greg Roman were two and a half years early to the biggest trend in recent National Football League history. They just so happened to have literally the perfect quarterback to do this trend. And it worked for a short period of time before they started getting schemed out of it. I think Jim Harbaugh was early to a trend, which I give him credit for. I think Jim Harbaugh got out at the right time and went to Michigan at the right time before he really truly got exposed. Nothing he did at Michigan has given instilled any confidence in me. And San Francisco was bad for one year after he left, but like everybody, they just turned like they haven't really missed a beat. Like, and yeah, they got Kyle, but like, you know, it's, it's, I am not sold on Jim Harbaugh's football genius prowess. Right. I actually don't see it at all. The one thing I want to say before we go to the next one, how much of your perception of cha- is changed if they actually give them that spot in the shoe and they, you know, Michigan wins that game and they go to the playoff and they have a decent chance in that playoff game. How much of your perspective of Harbaugh has changed if they make the playoff that year? They probably should have because they got screwed on that spot in overtime against Ohio State. Does he win a playoff game would be my next question. He'd have a decent chance. Yeah, I know he'd have a decent chance, but it's like I need to see you in put up and shut up time. I haven't seen Jim Harbaugh in put up and shut up time in in almost a decade at this point. That's fair. And he he did lose that Super Bowl. San Francisco should have won that game. But, like, Jim Harbaugh coached teams to play off victories. Like, he's he, a, a winner, I guess. I just – if Woody was, was had his way and everything was – like, he could do whatever he wanted, Harbaugh would be Peyton the high. Manning? Head coach Peyton Manning? That, Peyton Manning. Hey, Peyton Manning got me into this spot. I'm yeah. done with Peyton Manning's bullshit, too. If Woody had his way – It would be Harbaugh. It would be Harbaugh. I don't think Harbaugh is going to win. So then you go to Marvin Lewis. It would instill no confidence in anybody. I think Marvin Lewis is a fine coach. I think he got kind of a raw deal in Cincinnati, um, especially at the end there. Um, he's fine. He's not he's good, fine. but he's fine. Uh, he's fine. That would be my only take. It's like, oh, I have no confidence whatsoever. I'm not excited. I don't like it, but uh, could have done worse would be my Marvin Lewis reaction. Uh, who was who the third one? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, good coach, bad GM. I do actually think Bill O'Brien is a good coach. I want nothing to do with him because that would be another fan base revolt. Um, And I just don't want to deal with that because I would actually be on the – I would get lambasted for my – I don't think Bill O'Brien is heinous. I think he's a bad GM. I think as a coach, he's he's relatively fine. Um, I'd be surprised if that was the hire. I'd be pleasantly surprised if that was a hire. If I had to hire one of these like retreads, mm. I think Bill O'Brien, with no personnel decisions whatsoever, you could do worse again. I think they would get lambasted in the media. Oh, yeah. like, absolutely torched, which is why it's never going to happen. But from a football perspective, I've seen worse. Uh, Dable is too good for us. Dable should take the Chargers job and turn Herbert into Josh Allen is what he should be. I would like to see it. I would very um, much like to see it. I think that's what he should do. Uh, not even close. I think the enemy should take either the Jacksonville job now or the Texans job. 
I've had the enemy of Texas pretty much sharpied in um, this whole time, but maybe not now because Jacksonville has now become an attractive spot. Uh, Dable should just go to the Chargers and not even think about it. Like literally not even think about it. And the Jets now, if you look at open jobs, it's like the Jets might be the worst job. Um, Houston so I has no talent aside from Deshaun though. Houston is like a four but, or five year rebuild. Yeah, but you have the quarterback at least. That's true. Like Atlanta, you might have like a one to two year window at least, but it's it's better than nothing. The Jets have nothing. Okay, quick sidebar, quick sidebar. If Shanahan is the Falcons coach, head coach the last three years, are they actually like, you know, good? Like if Dan Quinn gets fired after that Super Bowl and they promote Shanahan to keep him, do you think the Falcons are still actually good? Yeah. Or are they the I, Falcons we know? No, I think they're I think they're better. I I, I mean it's hard to be worse, but I, I think they're better. I am not a Matt Ryan guy. I've never been a Matt Ryan guy. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's MVP is is truly a black stain on the league that we will we will remember forever. Um, we just gave like I don't know who's like a decent NBA player that I can I can like like we gave like football Marcus All an MVP when like LeBron and James Harden were were just sitting there because yeah. like Brady with the suspension was still the best player in the league and that was before this year Rogers's best season that he won't win the MVP in, which will now be this year because Mahomes is going to win again, which fine. But Rogers, this is Rogers' best season of his career, and we're just being robbed of it again. Um, I think they're better. Yeah. I think Kyle solves a lot of problems. Kyle made Jimmy Garoppolo a Super Bowl quarterback. He can definitely yeah. do it. Matt Ryan. I'm not a Matt Ryan fan, but he's better than Jimmy. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're a better spot for sure. Totally for sure. All right. Then last one, instead of offensive coordinator, you go defense and you try and get a hot – college guy to be your oc you yeah, said Wink so that, you said that would be the only way to do it uh that would be the only way to do it uh i do think it is a it is a a ceo type hire a culture type hire joe douglas preaches that all the time um so like joe brady's gonna get a job it's not gonna be us um which could be a good thing could be a bad thing um but the guy actually that i would have gone and i'm interested to get your opinion on this if you hired the Wink Martindale before the Pac-12 started playing, I was like, Graham Harrell around? And now USC sucks. And I'm like, ah, maybe I should just delete that take from my memory. But I do think there's something there with Graham Harrell. It's very, it's tantalizing. I remember Graham Harrell being very, very, very good in college. And just that's think- it. He comes from the, the Kingsbury, like, Mike Leach, Leach Air, Raid. Air Raid. USC was good last year. Like, there are worse ideas. I keep going back and forth or not if Cliff is actually a good head coach because I don't he, think he. I don't think he is. He makes mind-bogglingly, mind-bogglingly bad decisions in terms of game management. The, the punt, the punts last week against the Giants was the dumbest. If if the Jets head coach did that, I would have a stroke. Like, literally, I would be beside myself if a Jets head coach did that. But we thought he was going to bring the air raid to the NFL, and he hasn't. They they use a lot of four-receiver personnel, but they still have a running back. They still a lot use a of lot, Ken- of lot of Kenyon Drake. Yeah, a lot of Kenyon Drake. A lot like, of Kenyon Drake. Especially when Chase is better than him. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of Kenyon Drake for my liking, Cliff. But, like, I don't know what other hot offensive coordinator you go grab from college. Cause like 
no self-serving college head coach is going to take an offensive, the, the Jets OC job. Dark. Ah, uh, but do I have to? I, I'm saying I. That's not a lateral. That's a good move to go from college offensive coordinator to NFL uh, OC. But you're going to have major. You're going to have major control over the offense because your head coach is a defensive guy. You could have Sark. I would have said Lane up until he got the Ole Miss job. Well, that's the thing. Is that like I think Lane Kiffin like actual football genius. Lane Kiffin would be an awesome offensive coordinator on the right team. He's not he's a head just, coach in the NFL. He, he's too immature. He always will be. No, he's literally, he's just too much of a meme. But if yeah. you like isolate Lane Kiffin, like you're totally fine. Like yeah. totally fine. But like Graham Harrell would be like the guy that I'd be like, okay, if I had to hire somebody, I think that's at least savvy. Would it go down in flames? Yeah. But like, again, swing for the fences because nothing fixes this the way that the Jets are. So I'd rather just go down swinging and take Caldwell? Wilson. I just and, thought of him, Jim Caldwell. Head coach. Uh, another guy that Marvin Lewis ish. Better than Marvin Lewis, I'd feel better than Marvin Lewis for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, at least Jim Har- uh, Jim Caldwell's like one. Yeah. Um, Marvin Lewis. Uh, Marvin Lewis has two, but like, I don't know. It's not confidence inspiring. <laughs> it's not. It, but then again, with the Jets, nothing is. So I'm kind of resigned. Whoever they hire, they hire. Um, I think Harbaugh would be the most fun if you wanted to go true swing for the fences. Just do it. Like Woody's wanted it for for ten years at this point. Just do it. I don't care anymore. I literally don't care anymore. Okay, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun doing this. We're we're almost done. I promise. There are people still listening. We are almost done, but we, we have a lot of time. thoughts. This, this is, is this is perfect. This is this, this is this is my vent session. This yeah. is I needed this. This is the um, sports media version of the uh, Belichick Saban HBO documentary. We're just yeah. two guys sitting in a, sitting on Zoom, just guys being ball. dudes. What's better than this? Just talking ball. I'm. A, it's almost time to put on North Texas Appalachian State, the first bowl game of the season. It, it's almost that time. We're almost done. I promise. The last thing I really wanted to talk to you about, the main reason I wanted to have you on, was to talk about the stuff you work on. You do a lot of eval- evaluations. You watch a lot of tape. Who are your most exciting guys going into this year's draft? Okay, so number one on that list is quite literally Sam is 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 Trey Lance. I was just about to say Sam Donald. Uh, Trey Lance, who uh, the world has kind of forgotten about. Um, summer scouting, I had him graded above Fields. I was obsessed with the 2019 tape from Trey Lance. What jumps uh, out? Arm strength. Like he's got the best deep ball in the class, including Trevor. Like literally, just 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 a. Uh, uh, cannon on the dot every time and it's it's beautiful he does the wilson thing where he puts so much air under it and just throws it straight up in the air um and i think like the running ability is like it's not a lamar thing where he's more athletic than everybody and just run runs around he is more athletic than everybody at the fcs level but we're talking six four two twenty five like he is in my the comp is baby cam yeah, like it's Cam's brother who just never grew to six six two fifty, and it's just like marginally smaller. But it's just it's the same guy. He's a tank, like an absolute tank. I was obsessed with the twenty nineteen tape, like literally obsessed. Watched it all the time. The one game this year was not great. Yeah, shouldn't have played. Shouldn't have played it. Um, if you look, the second half was way better than the first half. 
they North Dakota State played a Central Arkansas team who at the time was the number 11 team in FCS who was already 3-0. and They had already been in game shape. North Dakota State walked off the street and beat them by two scores. Trey was terrible in the first half. Just the timing, the accuracy got up to game speed by halftime. And the second half was just, it was just the best part of the trip. Like, and, and the two best balls he had in that game actually were was dropped through two touchdowns, deep touchdowns in, in the fourth quarter that were just dropped by these wide receivers who were fine. Phoenix Sproles is a player. Darren Sproles is uh, nephew. I believe he's, he's a player. Uh, North Dakota State's left tackle. Dylan Radins is, you know, probably going to be a, a top two round guy for me. I think his senior bowl is going to be really important, but, um, you know, Fields' tantalizing start kind of blinded me. I was like, oh, maybe Fields is better than this guy. And then Fields struggled against Indiana. I went back to the Lance 2019 tape and then the nail in the coffin was yesterday. Like, literally, I apologize, Trey, for, like, getting off the bandwagon for three weeks because, like, there is no way Justin Fields is better than you, my guy. Um, so I think the, the, the thing – and get don't get me wrong, Trey Lance is going to be the fourth quarterback drafted. Uh, Trey Lance might not go in the top 10. Trey Lance might not go in the top 15. Um, I think it's a mistake. I think teams are going to overthink the eval. I don't think, I think Carson Wentz sucking has not done him any favors. I was going to ask that. State department. I I don't think that has done him any favors. Um, But as a player, I just, I just, and as I've said the whole year, I don't want him on the Jets because the Jets would ruin him. He needs good coaching. He needs time. He needs to, to get up to the NFL speed. But the talent is just the talent. Might the talent is better than anybody other than Lawrence. And I, again, I said I think he's going to have a long NFL career no matter what, just because of the legs. He is such a dynamic, like impressive runner. And that's not to say that Fields isn't. That's not to say that Wilson isn't. They're all next level quarterbacks because of that. You got to be able to do both now. But like Trey is Cam Newton. Cam Newton is my favorite football player ever. It's very obvious why I fell in love with Trey Lance. And I think not playing hasn't done him any favors. I think the one game didn't do him any favors. I think the Carson Wentz meme has not done him any favors. But I think people, including myself, have forgotten how good he is. So that would be my one guy I'm riding and dying with. For, if for you the- could pick his landing spot in the NFL, where would you put him? San Francisco. Not even close. Oh, my God, San Francisco. Uh, give him to Kyle. Uh, that's, my, that's, my, that's my landing spot for anybody. I think Wilson uh, – if Zach Wilson on the 49ers. That's the one, right? Yeah. It's like that's it makes perfect sense. And if the Jets didn't now have to take him, like I thought Kyle would trade three first round picks to get from from 14 to, to four to take him. I think he's the perfect Kyle Shanahan quarterback. But now that that's out, Kyle could do dirty things with Trey. <laughs> and I, like the landing spot for anybody that I, I quarterback wise, I would be like, give him to Kyle, obviously. Yeah. But like I think that is the most logical. I, I do think Minnesota would be interesting. Hometown mm-hmm. boy comes home. Offensive I think, talent. Like, I don't know how for he, a year. I'm thinking about how his toolbox would translate to what Kubiak does with all the play action and the running. And I think, they I would think have- that's what it is. Because th- th- that's another thing. When I, when I go to eval, it's like North Dakota State runs a lot of running plays because mm. they can just run down everybody's throat in the FCS. But they run a lot of I form. They run a lot of heavy set. He's used to being under center. He used the play faking. He's used to running the ball out of under center on bootleg, stuff like that, which I do think that is a, 
I think you have to, a lot of these spread quarterbacks have never taken a snap under center. before. Yeah. I think that is a real thing that yeah. like should matter. Uh, Trey plays in an offense from, from 1998, but like he's good at it. And there's no reason to believe that. I don't think that's a reason that he's going to be hurt at the next level. I think Kubiak, like you said, the, the play action, the, the heavy sets, the under center, the hand the ball off to Dalvin and see what happens kind of thing. I think, listen, Kirk sucks. So I think. And they're getting good numbers out of Kirk. They're getting good numbers out of Kirk. He's got good efficiency numbers too. It's not like just gaudy passing statistics. He's got really good numbers. I think if you protect Trey with maybe the best running back in football, a sense of play action, and then, oh yeah, also Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, cooking with gas there. I really do think that's a, that's a nice spot. Yeah. What's it called? What's his face? May, Robert Mays at the Athletic. The Athletic did their weekly model based on EPA for expected points added per attempt for the week because the charts came out for the week. And Baker had the most efficient week out of it in quarterback this week. And he quote tweeted it and said, the diet to success is either having the best quarterback in the world, like Mahomes, Rodgers, et cetera, or just hiding them and making them good at what they do, which is – Play action, Kirk Cousins got paid $90 million the first time and then another 70 on that extension just because he might be the best play action quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing That's nothing that he does. That's just protection. And they yeah. have made Kirk Cousins into a, a, a good quarterback. And I, I think Trey is going to need that, at least at the start. Give know. me like – We'll say two or three more guys. Who okay? Who, um, who gets you going? Who do you Kadari- want to talk about? Kadarius Tony. Uh, who is evolutionary Tavon Austin? Uh, evolutionary Tavon Austin. Better Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin without the migraines. Um, whatever we want to talk about. Per, uh, uh, Kadarius Tony is my favorite player in the entire class. I think Kadarius Tony uh, now societally has come around to to being a first round pick. I've been here for since like week three. Um, so Kadarius Tony entering this year was like, okay, gadget guy, like gonna have a career as a punt returner, like day three pick, like, does he get drafted? I don't know. Probably he's fast enough. Um, and that's the thing. He's not even that fast. He's just quick, like change of direction, like whatever. Shifty, uh, very shift, shifty. shifty. Uh, Kadarius Tony is now like, ah, is this guy the fourth best wide receiver in this class? He might be. Um, he has just, I don't know how you go, don't watch that guy. And it's like everything, every offensive coordinator should just stand on the table in the war room and go like that. I can do if, if, if you draft Darius Tony and he does not immediately make an impact for you, you should get fired as an offensive coordinator because you can run it with him straight out of backfield as, as a running back end rounds, send him in motion and just cause problems for people, send him deep, send him out of the slot, send him over the middle. He has improved drastically as a route runner he has improved drastically as a ball carrier this is like mike renner of pff compared him to dante hall as just like dynamic get him the ball in his hands that's a good way of comparing like, yeah like i really do think it's like like you just watch like the electric college football players like you go Tavon. i think the the percy thing now percy Harvin, great nfl like great college player like really good NFL player before the migraines derailed him. Whereas Tavon, Tavon, got, got, ruined. Tavon got ruined by Jeff Fisher. Yeah. If that's what happened there. But like, 
Kadarius Tony is is like just he's not even a wide receiver. He's an offensive weapon. I and was, that's what you need. Like, I, why does anybody not want him? I was thinking he kind of at least the way he'd be used in the NFL is kind of the way the 49ers, what they do with Debo and what they do yep. with Ayuk, where it's a lot of the pop passes, it's a lot of bring them in the backfield, read option, go, that kind like, of thing. Where, like like McCole Hardman, like yeah. those type kind of guys that like, like D, like you said, Debo or like who else tries to get like involved in that way? I mean, they do. The Bears do it with Patterson, not well, but they do it with Corderell. Cordell Patterson is a running back. Like he should have just never played wide receiver. He should have played running back his yeah. whole time. Um, but Kadarius, I just think uh, now is going to be he's going to be a top five wide receiver for me in this class, which I never saw coming. Um, I watched literally. I watched the Ole Miss Florida game, and I was like, "Oh, he's better than he was last year." And then it just kept happening, and happening, and happening. And like, he got past. Like, he had a hundred and fifty something first half yards against Alabama. And then you include the kick returning, you include the punt returning. He's all over the place. And like, he bullied Patrick Sertain, who's yeah. going to be a top ten pick. And it's this tiny little guy everybody just thought was a gadget player is now one of the best players in the country so like i think this the speed thing isn't going to be great i i don't think he's going to run if he runs in the four fours i'd be pretty happy he's more a change of direction type guy than a straight line speed guy i think people are going to get but it's not like he's undersized it's not like he's devonta smith like way too light it's not like he's Jalen waddle or, or rondale who's just tiny um you know he's 6'1 175 i think 174 175 they haven't listed at um, he's big enough. He's good enough. I just hope he goes to the right system. Like if he goes to the chiefs, uh, cancel the NFL forever. Uh, like literally they're never going to lose another game. Um, the chiefs have a lot of problems. The chiefs don't have an offensive line. The chiefs don't have an interior offensive line to be specific. The chiefs wasted a first round pick on a running back last year. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep just speaking that into existence because I want the game of football to be ruined. Um, and I just want, I, I would have fun. So Kadarius Tony, I think Senior Bowl week is going to be a big week for him. Um, getting to match up against, especially the best slot corner in this draft is Elijah Molden uh, from from Washington, who is also going to Senior Bowl. Um, I think that is going to be a really interesting matchup that a lot of people we're we're actually we're hoping to go to the Senior Bowl. Um, that's something that that you know people are going to have their eye on all week on both sides. I think um, so. Those two guys have have a really good chance and especially because we don't know what the combine is going to be all the other games are, are canceled the senior bowl i think is going to be like the end all be all for a lot of guys this year don't um, say that please my guy my gm drafts the mvp of the yeah, senior bowl every yeah, single year yeah i knew that was coming um but i i think the senior bowl is going to be the end all be all for like a lot of guys this year and i think elijah molden and Kadarius sony are going to be impacted by that um another guy senior bowl bound uh amari rogers is um you know, he's been the slot receiver on the best team in the country for, for two years now with uh, T and Justin Ross on the outside. And the, entering this year, I was like, who is going to step up? Because, like, they have Clemson has Joseph Ngata and, and Frank Ladson, who were two four-star recruits on the outside and never had the Cornell Powell thing pegged. Like, never in a million years thought Cornell Powell would be the third best receiver in the country, but here we are. Um, but Amari was going to have to step up. And Amari now does not only play the slot. Amari has played outside. Amari has gotten better at everything. Not to say that he was really bad at anything. That's another guy who returns punts. 
who's going to give you value immediately. Team captain, leader, you know, for the best team in the country in, in his tenure there. Great routes, sure hands, athletic as hell. Like, so athletic for a guy that does not look at tiny guy, kind of chunky. Like, you don't think he's athletic as he is. Um, I'm, like, demanding Joe Douglas put himself in the spot. That's another – you want to preach culture, culture, culture. Uh, getting Amari Rodgers in the building is not going to be bad for any team. Uh, I think he's going to sneak, actually, into my top ten wide receivers. This wide receiver class is so deep. It's and, awesome. And the fact that Amari Rodgers is sneaking in the top ten is, like, a testament to how great he's been this year. And I, yeah. I think now Amari Rodgers has, has – could play himself in the day, too. I think he could play himself into a third-round pick. Uh, and then one guy defensively, I just I just want to shout out Jalen Phillips, um, who was the number one recruit in the class of 2017. So my my high school class is number one overall recruit. Uh, went to UCLA, uh, sucked, got concussed like four times. Decided he was going to quit football. Uh, decided to unquit football. Uh, transfers to Miami. Is like fine. Last year, like in practice, everything they're saying like oh okay like he he's not Jalen Phillips but he's a player Rousseau opts out Quincy Roche transfers Rousseau opts out Jalen Phillips is now literally wearing the number 15 jersey for the Miami defensive line and I think is the single biggest riser of this like I didn't think he would even declare and like yeah Zach Wilson is the single biggest riser because he wasn't I was going to say Trask to be honest with you Trask yeah, has I, played himself into the first round somehow. Trask, Trask has played himself into the first round, but, like, that's a guy that, like, Trask was like, okay, this guy's, like, going to go in the fourth, like, fourth round. He'll be somebody's backup. Like, he existed. Jalen Phillips I never thought was even – Jalen Phillips, we didn't even know if was playing football at this time last year. And now is just, just straight up – if anybody is still listening at this point, go watch. There is a compilation on YouTube of Jalen Phillips versus Virginia Tech from three weeks ago literally the most impressive edge performance I've seen this year. Um, he is, he has become unblockable recently. Uh, his game against Duke was, was also great. If you could find that one, um, you know, six, six, two fifty. The joke that everybody makes is like four stars. They can suck in college and you're not going to get drafted. Every five star gets drafted just yep. because NFL teams book on that potential. You have the best player in the country who is now good at football. I don't see a way that Jalen Jalen Phillips is not going to be a first-round pick. Like, I just – I don't see it. I think medicals are going to be a big part of it if he checks out well with all the the head injuries. I mean, you can't obviously rule that out. But just as a talent, as a player, and then given the literal best pedigree possible, Jalen Phillips is a name that that every, you know – casual NFL fan should know at this point because he's going to go in the first round and and he might be the first Miami edge taken like I'm not a Rousseau guy um I'm gonna have him ranked probably above Rousseau Quincy Roche has been iffy this year I don't think Quincy Roche is a first round guy for me anymore um but Rousseau is going to go higher than expected because he's six seven and ginormous and has the arms and everything and like that's fine you want to bet on on frame that's fine he doesn't have the the tape for me um, especially at edge, I like him more inside. But Jalen Phillips is just uh, superstar, superstar written all over him. And I'm glad he's going to go in like 
probably that back half, like in my mock, I did a mock two weeks ago. Now I had him at 27 to the Browns um, replacing Olivier Vernon, you know, who hasn't been great since that trade for them, but you know, you get a double miles and then you leave Jalen Phillips on the other side and let's see what happens. Like good luck. Um, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm actually, I'm really happy that he came back to football because it's always good. You never want to see a, 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 the number one guy ever bust out like that. But uh, holy shit, man, Jalen Phillips, real deal. And it's just, it's kind of happened in the last month and a half. And I, I could not be more excited. Jets with that Seattle pick, if, if you're feeling frisky, uh, go crazy. I wouldn't mind it at all. That's a, that's a good one. I, there's a few guys I wanted to get your opinions on because yeah. I... As a giant fan who's kind of emotionally detached themselves from the Giants so at this point. What do you what do you want? Because I asked I want I Zach doing, Wilson. I want Zach well, Wilson. Yeah, okay. But with within reason. Because I asked right, a couple I'm, people when I was doing my mock, I was like, you want a corner or you want an edge? Because those for for me, I think those are your two biggest spots. If I had to pick, I'd say edge, but I also wouldn't rule out Gettleman doing the shiny object and taking a receiver, which is my concern, because like don't get me wrong. I think Jamar Chase is awesome. I think Rondell Moore is awesome. I think Rashad Bateman is awesome. Bateman's we need guy. so yeah, we need so much more. We need so many more things than wide receiver yeah. right now to just yeah, feel really the do. competent football team. Yeah, it's not. And again, wide receiver class is so deep. You don't have draft to go in round somebody one. In the, draft somebody in the first round, and then go take. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a second round pick. Cool. Go get him. Uh, Sage Surratt, who opted out. Chaz's brother, Wake Forest wide receiver, who I, who I love. Most physical wide receiver in this draft class. Just straight up bullies people. Not fast. Going to re- run a really bad 40. Technically great. Physical as hell. Big dude. Like Adam Thielen type stuff out of Sage Surratt. Go get him in the third round because he's going to fall because people forget he exists. Like, there is so much depth that you do not have to take a first round wide receiver unless the gun is absolutely to your head, which quite frankly, for most of these teams, it's not. The one I keep seeing mocked to the Giants, which worries me, is Devontae Smith. I really am, I don't want to say concerned how he's going to translate to the NFL level, but he's in one of the best schemed offenses on the planet, and he's going to come to New York and have Daniel Jones throwing ducks to him in a Jason Garrett offense. and. I know it's very easy to say he's on the best offense in football. He's wide open every single play. He has great feet. He's really good at getting open. That jumps out because he's not the most overly fast or overly physical guy. I'm worried about Devontae Smith to the Giants. I'm worried about Devontae Smith to anybody um, just because I think the frame concern is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he's so small. He's listed at six foot. I don't think he is six foot. And like 184 pounds. It's like, ah, you're going to get manhandled, my dude. Like, absolutely manhandled. And listen, he's figured it out in the SEC, which gives me I – was, I was really low on him to start the year just because I think he's too small. Now he's bullying the SEC. Like, what he did to Stingley – like, Stingley's that was been mean. hurt. Stingley's been hurt. Stingley's been sick. Stingley has not been the best player in the country last year was Derek Stingley. He has not been that last year. As a true freshman last year, he was the best player in the country. He has not been that. Uh, But what he did to Stingley is impressive. And that's an NFL cornerback. That's an NFL cornerback right now that he was able to to do it to. Um, But I still still have my concerns. I don't know if Devonta Smith is the best Alabama wide receiver in this class. In fact, I don't have him rated as the best Alabama wide receiver in this class. Um, 
and I'm going to get flamed for that. I'm going to get flamed for probably ending up having Bateman over him. Bateman is just my guy. I like Bateman um, too. In this wide receiver class. But like, yeah, he has all the production. I just, I think there are questions with Devonta Smith. So I totally, I, I get it. Um, Somebody is going to pick him high. And I just, I would hope it's, it's not the team I root for. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just, the size thing is a, is a legitimate concern for me. Okay. The one I've been doing when I've been doing franchises in Madden and importing the draft class that the franchise guy makes, I keep taking Nico Parsons. I, where the league is going, I want a guy who can play everywhere. Okay. I just, I want a toy. Yes. The Giants haven't had a playmaker on defense since Justin Tuck. And that was six years ago, five years ago. Oh, you're covering your face. What, what, what's the problem? No, so here, here's my thing. Micah Parsons is that good, right? Like Micah Parsons is the best linebacker, best off ball linebacker since Keekly. Like totally fine. Like he can pass rush. He can play edge. He can cover. We haven't really seen it, but there's no reason to, to not to. The size and speed combination, sideline to sideline, there's literally nothing like it. Like I, there's, there's nobody um, like he's like, He's Isaiah Simmons, but bigger and faster. Well, I, I, yeah, I was not an Isaiah Simmons guy. I have, cause I think Isaiah Simmons is a safety and not a linebacker. I don't think Isaiah Simmons can really cover anybody, um, which he hasn't been able to. I yeah. feel pretty good about my take there. Um, but as, drafted as a linebacker, I was low on Isaiah Simmons. If you drafted as a safety and just let him be like Cam Chancellor, Jamal Adams type stuff, I was in. Um, that's what I think you have to do with Mike Parsons is just let him be him like mm-hmm. kind of give him the jamal adams blank blank slate like go do whatever you want if you're playing him at linebacker i think he compares well we haven't posted it yet but we do have a graphic for for boomer bust um i compared him to jonathan vilma who's like big like athletic sideline to sideline type guy especially young when he was with the jets um you know that type of guy Parsons is going to be faster than him. Parsons is going to be a better athlete, but I think that's kind of the bait. And Jonathan Boma was a great, great NFL player, right? Yeah. Especially with the Saints once the Jets quit on him. Um, but I just positionally drafting an off-ball linebacker in the top 10 is such a big ask yeah. because it's not a valuable position. And like the Jets have learned that firsthand paying CJ Mosley $18 million a year. It's just nonsensical. And spending that draft capital, Michael Parsons is going to be a superstar, but I just there are more important there are more important positions on the football field than off-ball linebacker. And spending a top 10 pick on one is it's it's a tough ask. Somebody should do it. But I understand if he falls to like I've seen a couple mocks where he falls out of the top 10 and goes to like Detroit at 12 or something like that. It's like, okay, sure. Like I get it. That could totally feasibly happen. And 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 quite frankly, it should because positional value should matter more than, than, than anything else, especially when you're at the top of the draft and everybody is good. Yeah. Don't take the off-ball linebacker. All right. The last one I am going to ask you about before we wrap up, give me the rundown of which corner will be the best if we were to put him opposite Bradbury going into next season as cornerback two. He doesn't have to come in and be our right-of-way best corner, but he's going to be when Bradbury leaves in two years. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't know where the, nobody knows where the giants are picking. Nobody knows where Washington is picking. Nobody knows where Dallas is picking. Even Mm. at this point, we can pretty safely call it cross off the Eagles, but everybody else is still up in the air. Um, The best cornerback in this class is Patrick Sertain. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you're in range for Patrick Sertain. I don't, I don't anticipate a huge drop, um, especially because a cornerback goes high every year, just inevitably. Like I think Dallas desperately needs Patrick Sertain. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're picking above you and don't take a quarterback and like Sewell doesn't fall to wherever they are, um, I think Sertain, you could do a lot worse. They do need a tackle, but I don't think there's a tackle other than Sewell worth taking in the top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sertain would, would be my guy. It'd be great. Um, Caleb Farley is another name to, to know that um, we have, that's actually the boomer bus video for this week is, is our Caleb Farley video. Um, you know, big, big dude, six, six, two, uh, just like Sertain, uh, a little bit bigger than Sertain, heavier than Sertain, former wide receiver converted, like runs routes, like uses his length, smart dude, just hasn't played the position long enough. Uh, so technically it's a little bit of a, of a concern. Um, but the guy I would put with Bradbury and the guy I almost gave the giants in my mock draft. And, uh, but I, I selfishly kept him for the New York jets is JC Horn, mm-hmm. um, who I, I think is going to end up being my cornerback too over Farley. I do love Asante Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I think the slot, I think he might just be a slot corner, which mm-hmm. yeah, I have a tough time doing in the first round just because of the size. Um, but I, listen, JC Horn, for six one, for not a huge, there are a lot of big corners in this draft. There are a lot of guys that are six three, six four, like Paulson Adebo um, from from Stanford, who's a day two guy for me. Uh, Izzy Mukwamu from from South Carolina, JC's counterpart, is six four and is just a ginormous human being. There are ginormous corners. This is big corner gang draft. Um, even a Syracuse guy, Ify Malafamu, is is six three, like long arms, whole nine yards. Those are day two guys for me. Um, JC Horn, 6'1", is the most physical corner in this class, even though he's only 6'1". He is a bully. And what he did to Seth Williams, go watch the South Carolina. There is a compilation, JC Horn versus South Carolina on YouTube. Go watch it. Just got like just body bagged Seth Williams. Seth Williams is good too, to be fair. Seth Williams, good, physical, JC out physicaled him when he was not matched up. You know, Seth is bigger than him. JC Horn, super, super impressive. As much as, you know, people make jokes, I think it does matter that his dad is Joe Horn. Patrick Sertain's dad is Patrick Sertain. Asante Samuel is Asante. Antoine Winfield last year, that was a big thing for me. These guys know what they're doing. Like yeah. they come from a line. Um, and, you know, Joe Horn played wide receiver, whatever. His kid knows how to play in the NFL. And his dad is gonna. His dad has instilled that in him. And like, yeah, okay, Asante Samuel, Hall of Fame corner, Patrick Sertain, former All Pro corner. They play the same position. I don't care. I think the most logical Giants cornerback, especially if you win the division and you're picking then nineteenth, is J.C. Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.C. Horn could totally go above nineteen. Um, I can't rule it out, but I think J.C. Horn would be the best guy to step in within reason, obviously the best guy to step in would be certain, but yeah. within reason, I think JC Horn would be the best opposite Bradbury. I could talk myself into a corner. Definitely sexier than an offensive lineman. It's not great, but it is what it is at this point. The giants are still at least two years away from being a good team. They still need a quarterback. They still need edge rushers. They still need another offensive lineman. They need actual playmakers on offense. The list goes on and on. The one guy I want the Giants to use a draft pick on, this guy will go on day two or three. 
I want fucking Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. I want the fastest guy in oh, the draft. I, I mean, want. I just. I don't even care if he's going to be good or not in the NFL. I just want dude, someone on just the Giants go run, who's fast. Just go run in a straight line and figure it out. Because like you want to talk about track speed, like yeah. literally track speed, like I want Anthony Schwartz. Unbelievable. Both of the Auburn wide receivers. We just talked about Seth getting bullied, but Seth Williams is a hell of a player too. I think both of them are going to, you know, part of a wide receiver class that goes 25 deep and all of them are going to be NFL players. Like literally mix and match. You could mix and match the order on the wide receivers from the top down. And I'm probably not going to be mad at you because they're all going to be really, really good. It's fun having guys. That's what, that's how I'm going to, that's how I'm going to wrap this up because we have, gone on forever about this football at its best is so much fun and just having guys from a distance it's just it's better than rooting for a favorite team especially in college football as people who went to not traditional football schools it's better to watch college football this way it makes things more interesting oh it's it's the best and i literally i picked florida because i thought they had the best like i thought they were my best chance to make a lot of money Mm-hmm. And they, they did make me a lot of money this year. But after the Jamie Newman opt-out, I was like, Florida's going to win the SEC East now, mm-hmm. like, guaranteed. I'm not scared of whatever Georgia turns out to be in year one here with without an offseason of practice with their starting quarterback. And I thought Florida had the offensive firepower to beat Alabama. And guess what? They, they did. They just, they, they just didn't do it at the end. The defense was way worse than I ever anticipated it being. But I picked Florida, and I rode with them the whole year because they were the biggest opportunity to have money and they had Kyle Trask who I liked they had Kyle Pitts who's the best player in the country and they Kadarius ended up having Kadarius Tony who I fell in love with from week one my team next year I can already tell you the team I'm going to bet on little little future here for you Georgia and JT Daniels is going to win Heisman I'm going to ride I'm going to watch every Georgia game next year just to watch JT Daniels like that's 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 how this works for for me, and it's good to have it's good to have guys, especially when Syracuse is, is not any good at football and going one in ten for the foreseeable future. It's good to have guys. It's great to have guys. It's so much more fun. It it's just better. I'm a quarterback guy. The rack of jerseys behind me, there are a lot of quarterback jerseys, and it's this has been. I needed this. This this was nice. This is what we do in our DMs, like every other day, just like. You watch this guy lately? Yeah. Who's your QB1 going into next year? Well, I think it's Sam. It could be JT. It could be Slovis. I'll see. It's good to just talk football. Rough week for Keaton Slovis side. Rough week for Keaton Slovis side. I've never been a member. I don't want to be a member. Rough week. Rough couple days for Keaton Slovis side. I was Slovis Hive because just to be to be frank, USC has won me a decent bit of money the last year and a half with him playing quarterback. This was awesome. I will 100% be having you back on at some point in the near future when we get a better idea of who's coming out, who's staying, when we get a better idea what the draft order is looking like so we can project it out that way where we'll do the very exciting reading our mock drafts to each other and complimenting each other based on how good or bad our drafts are, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Totally. This was, this was an absolute blast. I needed it to kind of bring me out of my depressive state. Uh, getting back to the college football roots and kind of ignoring the Jets for a little while was was much needed, much much needed. So, where can the people find your work and tell them a little bit about the Boomer Bus podcast? Because I enjoy it. Uh, okay, so the people can find my work. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, the Real PJ Clark. Um, I know, really, really big stuff from from fifteen year old PJ, but I'm not changing it now. 
and then you can find uh, at Boomer Bus Draft on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a website, um, uh, just like a WordPress, where we, we write some articles from time to time. Or YouTube is really our, our big thing. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Boomer Bus the Draft Show. Um, so we started it after we got sent home from school in March. Uh, you know, covered. Um, just did it for fun for last year's draft. And then we were like, Oh, we could actually kind of make this like kind of good and like try, try to do things. So we did summer scouting. Uh, we've continued it. So every week um, we do a, a scouting report video of some player uh, in the draft class. And we've done guys who have opted out because that's, you know, we're done with their tape. Um, but now that the season's over, we're going to start doing, we're going up to two videos a week, two scouting reports a week is, is the plan or podcast videos, however you want to listen to it. Um, and now, you know, Pitts is done. Pitts is going to be the first video next week. So we have Farley for this week. Pitts is going to be the first video for next week. Um, if you want to hear more about the best player in the country. Um, so, yeah, Boomer Bust the Draft Show, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, that's that's at Boomer Bust Draft on Twitter, uh, Boomer Bust Draft Show, YouTube, uh, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, the, all, all the whatnot. But, uh I'd like to think we do a decent job. Got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. Like I said, uh, hoping to go to the senior bowl. Um, so that'd be pretty cool if we, if we get down there. Um, but yeah, I excited to, uh, to see what this draft season kind of brings us. Um, but we got some cool stuff planned. So happy, happy to be a part of it. I look forward to it. The draft is my favorite part of the football season every year because it melds together college and the NFL. And I love both so much. And this is my favorite thing to do is just, how do we make this team better? What can we do with what we have? The draft, and, it just it brings hope for everybody. Exactly. Everybody's team, in theory, can get better. And, like, yeah, we're going to make fun of people. But everybody's team, in theory, has the chance, at least, to get better. Which is, you know, it's That's a nice goal. thing. It's a nice thing. A I'm, nice thinking, thing. I'm thinking we take a team in the NFL that is bad, and you and I collaborate on something where we try and fix them for a like we'll try and do like a forty minute ish podcast, kind of a vibe of what Simmons does with the redraftables, but you know not make Pearl Jam jokes that kind of thing. We will pick an we will pick an NFL team and we will fix We're them with what they have. All right, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Right, we'll figure somebody out. Yeah, we'll pick hey, a team that'll be fun. There are a lot of bad NFL teams, yeah. so that we have we have our fair share. Well, the problem is our solution is going to be we just offer Kyle Shanahan $200 million and say, all right, build the team however you want it. Here you go, Kyle. You can take whatever you it's want. It's your job. Tell me it's what you job. want to do. All right, people, have a good holidays. I don't know if I'm going to subjugate anyone to coming on Christmas Eve to put out on our normal day. It might just be a one podcast episode this week. Look for the blog, Gotham SN. I'll definitely be writing something this week, whether it's about the Giants or Rangers. I don't know yet. I got to go to the drawing board and think about it. I'll definitely see you guys next week. We are looking at the second NBA episode where one of my friends from high school is going to come tell us why the Lakers are going to walk to another title because the Lakers are the best team in the NBA and the season hasn't even started yet. I'll see you guys next week. See ya.